Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now, for your host, Dan Mater. And welcome to the show, MD Nation! We are back. It is Thursday. We're going over the wide receiver ranks, a mock draft, and a mailbag segment in today's episode. And of course, as always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. And we are on the last episode of the offseason, of the summer. This is it. This is over. We're going to be back next Thursday for a week one preview for football that actually matters for fantasy football seasons to kick off. Time to dominate. Time to trash talk. Time to be alive. No, but really though, fantasy football is underway. Football season is here. We're a week away and this is the last show of the offseason and I'm very excited to bring it to you. We got a good one today. Like I said, we're going to be going through my wide receiver rankings, talking about some players that I did not talk about in the five best, five bust, five sleepers series. And of course, we're going to be doing another live mock draft. The live mock draft will be a full point PPR league from the ninth pick so we did a standard from the three pick, a half point from the six pick, and now we're going to do a full point PPR league from the ninth pick using the MD's Fantasy Football Show rankings in today's episode. So that way you get to know what kind of team that you could possibly be looking at if you use my rankings on my website at www.mdffshow.com. Of course, make sure you're keeping up with all the latest news because with the season underway, any stroke of news, any sudden breaking movement could mean that waiver wire player who suddenly becomes available that will be the league winner for you. It happens every single year. In order to keep up with all of the madness, you need to be following me at MDSFFshow on Twitter for all of those news update notifications. And of course, you can always contact me and follow along with the show on my Facebook page at MDFFshow there as well. So that's everything for you today. This is the heaviest of draft weeks this week. And of course, you should be using the website and you can go to the bottom left corner. I have a download button where you can download the rankings onto whatever device that you use and be able to take that to your drafts with you. And that way, you can have all the information you possibly need along with listening to this show. 
I'm very excited for all of this. And of course, let's go over real quick again the schedule that's going to be for the regular season. That way everyone is clear. Or if you're new to the show, maybe you want to know for the first time what the schedule is going to be like. So on Monday and Tuesday, we will have episodes. Monday will be the week, uh, weekly recap episode. And then, of course, on, on Tuesday, we'll have the Monday night recap along with the waiver wire segment. On Thursday and Friday will be the week previews parts one and part two. Thursday we'll be previewing the Thursday night game and the one o'clock games. While on Friday we'll be previewing the four o'clock Sunday night and Monday night games. Of course going over injury reports, rankings of where I like guys and accompanied with mailbag segments because there will be a lot of start sit questions as there always is every single week. A lot of things to consider. A lot of dilemmas to play out in your head, including with the beginning with week one. Week one actually might be one of the most difficult. So that's all coming to you. That's what the season schedule is going to be like. I'm very excited to bring it to you. I'm very excited to be doing this. And I hope you guys all keep enjoying and listening to the show. The MD Nation community has been growing. It's great. I want it to be all inclusive. I want people to come from all over. I'm glad you guys have enjoyed it. I've been so happy with the feedback that I've gotten so far. It's been a great year and this is going to be a great season. There's no doubt about it. But we have a lot to get into today, kicking off with the latest news segment. So let's go ahead, drop that sounder, and get into the show. Latest news. The first piece of news that we have to talk about today is Jadavion Clowney. Now, I know him in and of itself, unless you're in an IDP league, is not necessarily a fantasy impact news bit. But because the Texans are looking for a running back, possibly a wide receiver, this is a potential deal that could have fantasy implications should something get done. Now, there's been rumors flying all over the place. There's been talk about Jadavion Clowney just flat out holding out the entire season. There's been talk about trying to reach a deal in Houston. And then, of course, there's been talk about the three top teams that Jadavion Clowney would like to be traded to would be the Seahawks, the Eagles, and the Dolphins, with the team that he would most like to be traded to being the Seahawks, reportedly speaking. So that's what we're looking at here. Now, that's a big blockbuster move, and that's just something that's more NFL newsworthy. But the reason why I bring it up here in the fantasy show is because when you talk about guys like Kenyon Drake and Kenny Stills, not that they would be able to trade Kenny Stills and Kenyon Drake straight up for Javion Clowney there in Miami, but when you're bringing up guys like that, this could have wide-ranging fantasy implications if players of those calibers are involved in some sort of way if a deal was to get done. So it's something to keep in mind. And of course, it's something that a lot of people are going to be able to keep up with because everyone's going to be talking about this potential deal as it would be the blockbuster of the summer. Uh, include, you know, Eldo Beckham was the blockbuster of the spring. The blockbuster of the summer could be Jadavion Clowney should he be traded to somebody. Now, for more fantasy-relevant news, which is pretty much the same fantasy news we've been talking about all preseason long, starting off with Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott's holdouts. Melvin Gordon, there's been a slight change in the news around him as of, as of late, and it goes to actually support what I've been telling you all along, which is why I favor him being able to play and coming back for week one. And that's why I kept saying, take Melvin Gordon in the third round. He is a steal there. That is where I see him going the most, or at least I see him available before I snatch him up there. And I would even consider him in the late second round if there were guys like Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, James Conner already off the board. Players of that caliber were already gone. I would consider Melvin Gordon there if you really wanted to go running back in the second round. But 
I would mostly wait till the third round because if you're somebody who is willing to take Melvin Gordon, he's been pretty much available to you in that third round almost regardless of where you are picking. So it's something to keep in mind. But he is a steal there. I've been saying it all along. He's not going to sit out all season long. This guy could be a league winner for you at the third round pick because when he comes back, he is an RB1. He does it all. He's a dual threat running back. So the sleep on him, be able to have him in that third round pick, which means you already have your presumably two best players on your team already set. That could be a league winner at the end of the day. And I tend to believe he's going to play sooner rather than not. I think at worst case scenario, it's the first month of the season, but I think there's a decent chance he does come back week one. And there's been a beat reporter from ESPN talking about that very thing, saying that his feeling based on his inside knowledge of the situation is that he does believe, in fact, that Melvin Gordon will be back for week one. Now, he does not specify as to whether or not that's because of a new contract or whether or not Melvin Gordon would just come back. But, nevertheless, an inside source, somebody with inside knowledge, does see it trending in the right direction. Now, Ezekiel Elliott, we're on the opposite side of things here. Last weekend, when I was talking to you guys last Friday on the show, I thought for sure Ezekiel Elliott's contract was going to get done. The Cowboys had offered him the second highest paying running back contract in the NFL, second only Todd Gurley. It was a lot of expectations that Ezekiel Elliott was booking a trip back to Cabo, or back from Cabo, excuse me. And it really looked like all signs were pointing towards a deal being done over the weekend. Of course, that deal has not been done. He did not return from Cabo. In fact, the other opposite happened. Marshall Falk flew out to him to help train him. So we know he's going to play this season. All he has been doing is gearing up and getting ready to play this season. I still believe Ezekiel Elliott's going to be there week one. Now, is it getting a little bit closer, a little bit edgier, a little bit uneasier? Yeah, and of course, those uneasy feelings come in the biggest week of fantasy football drafts. However, I'm still taking Ezekiel Elliott in the top four because I'm still, I would say, 95% sure that Ezekiel Elliott will play week one. That is how confident I am that, that either a deal will get done or he will be there, one or the other. I tend to lean towards a deal getting done at some point between him and the Dallas Cowboys. But that is the updates going on with the holdouts. Everything else we pretty much already know about with injuries and whatnot. Keep your look, you have to stay up to date on the news notifications because there's guys who are getting day to day nagging little injuries. Robbie Anderson had a calf injury today. Uh, we learned about Dante Pettis' groin injury a couple days ago. Look, there's things that are going to be affecting your drafts this week all the way through the weekend. Make sure you're following me at MDSFF Show to be getting all of those latest news update notifications so that way you know right away so you know what draft picks to make or if your draft has already happened, you know what waiver wire moves to make if need be. Don't cheat yourself because you were the last one to find out the news. Follow me on Twitter and you will know everything coming your way that you need to know. I promise you that. So we're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to talk about some wide receiver rankings. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. 
So when we talked about the five best, the five busts, and the five sleepers of the wide receivers, of course we talked about my top five. But what we didn't talk about was the rest of the receivers in my top 10. So let's start there before we get into some other names throughout my wide receiver rankings that I think we should all mention and talk about here to make sure we all know where we're coming from. So first off, like I did mention a little bit about Michael Thomas, how close the split is between him and Odell Beckham. And just looking at it from a PPR league standard format here, uh, because that's what we're going to be doing a live mock draft based on tonight. So let's talk about it on a PPR format. There's only a three-point difference for the entire season I have between the two, which is only a point-two-point difference on a per-game basis. So I have Michael Thomas and Odell Beckham incredibly close. I have them as a preference pick. I've talked about that before. But that's why Michael, Michael Thomas is number six to me. Number seven is a little more interesting because we're talking about Juju Smith-Schuster here. We all know we all know the story. Look, Tony Brown's gone. A lot have... Targets have been vacated. At the end of the day, though, really, there's not any targets that from Antonio Brown are going to go to Juju Smith-Schuster. First of all, I think you, it would be safe to assume that the Steelers are probably going to throw the ball 70 to 80 less times on the year, just in general, because they almost threw the ball 700 times. They threw the ball 687 times last season. Their average over the past three years before that was somewhere between 590 and 600. So I actually have them projected as a team to throw for about 604 passes this season, which would put them at about an 83 pass regression. But I, it's also because I also have them being a little bit more balanced. I have them running the football a little bit more, not necessarily running less plays. This is still a good offense. This is still an offense going to put up points. It's still a good paced offense as it has been over the past decade. But at the end of the day, those extra targets are not going to be there for Juju Smith-Schuster. He's not suddenly going to tack on an extra 100 targets to what was already an asinine total from a season ago. The question is, is he a superstar? Is he a legit number one? Can he be as dominant on the outside as he can be in the slot position with no Antonio Brown to take away team coverages for him to be the focal point? And at first, I thought, no. Or at least he would not be as effective. He was not ready to be a superstar yet. And I still believe that to some degree. But I will say this. I think then at that point earlier on in the spring when I was saying that, I do believe I was looking at more from the perspective of he's not a Antonio Brown. He's not that level of a superstar. He's not a potential Hall of Famer. And say what you want about Antonio Brown, the person, whether you like him or not. His statistics, his numbers, his career should put him in the Hall of Fame. So I don't know if Juju Smith-Schuster is that caliber. But I do think he's a very good wide receiver. I do think he could be a star wide receiver, just maybe not a superstar. There is a difference. And from what I've seen, he will be able to play in the slot quite a bit. He's no, I mean, they moved Antonio Brown all around too when he was there. So this shouldn't become as a shock that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be moved around the field. But... Being that the Steelers predominantly run three receiver sets, being that you can play James Washington and Dante Moncrief on the outside and line up Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot a lot of the time, should take off a lot of that pressure. It's very hard for a defense to game plan the the focus of their defense on the slot position. 
It's hard to do. A lot of times, your best corners are the outside corners. A lot of times, they're not as good in the slot. Generally speaking, that's usually what happens. So it's going to be harder for defense to be able to take him away. I think they'll move him around enough. He's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. Can he crack the top five? Possibly. There's going to be enough volume there. It's going to be a good offense. So the the things that he needs in place, the aspects that he needs in place, the valuables that he needs to have in place are all there. I don't think he's the caliber of an Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, a Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, or Devontae Adams. But he's going to, statistically, he's going to be right there. I know there's a big argument with Schuster. Where is he going to go? A lot of people want to pick him as their number one as a bold prediction. I don't think that's crazy. I think it's unlikely at the end of the day. And he's my number seven overall wide receiver, which should tell you all you need to know. His floor is as high as anybody's because of the volume, because of the fact that he is going to be the number one threat in what is always a good Steelers offense. Number eight, we have Mike Evans. We know the deal there too. We've been hearing it all summer. Bruce Arians, still going to continue to be a pass-heavy offense. Can Jameis Winston take another step up? If he can, all the better for Mike Evans. But Mike Evans always gets peppered with targets. He's always going to have a high floor because he always has high volume. So the question is, can Mike Evans really break out? Because I think from a talent perspective, Mike Evans is better than Juju Smith-Schuster. But he's going to need Jameis Winston to take a step up. If that happens under the Bruce Arians system, sky's the limit for Mike Evans. Top five is a possibility for Mike Evans if they're able to take a step up under Bruce Arians. It's true. But we know his floor is within the top 10 because this is still an offense that's going to have to throw the ball a ton. They're going to have to score points in order to win games because that defense is going to be terrible. And we know it's Bruce Arians at the end of the day. He's going to want to throw. They have no running game. So all the volume in the world is going to be there on top of it. Number nine, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown seems to be the guy nobody knows where they want to value him. The the Antonio Brown truthers are still trying to take him in the bottom end of the first round. The other people who think whether it's a mixture of they just don't like Antonio Brown or think that Derek Carr is an absolute bum seem to be like, I'm not drafting him unless he were to fall to me in the fourth, which is never going to happen. Antonio Brown, I've talked about this before, but Antonio Brown is a steal in the third round. There's no doubt about it absolute steal in the third round. This is the best talented wide receiver in the NFL. I'm going to keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. I'm going to keep saying it until the word spreads because I thought the word was already out there, but apparently a lot of people want to fight that now. Tonio Brown is the most talented number one wide receiver in the NFL. Now, will his numbers in fantasy reflect that? Probably not. That's why I have him number nine. I don't think he will be the wide receiver one because of the offense that he's changing over into. It's not as good of an offense. Derek Carr is not as good as Ben Roethlisberger. John Gruden's not as good of a play caller. I don't think John Gruden is a good play caller, period. So it's it's he has some things working against him. But this idea that he's going to drop off a cliff, he's still going to be a wide receiver one. He's still going to get well over 100 targets. He's still going to get double-digit touchdowns. He's still going to get over 1,000 yards. Now, will it be 1,500 yards with 15 or more touchdowns? No, probably not. It will probably be more like 1,100 to 1,200 yards with 10 touchdowns. That's still a wide receiver one. It's just not the number one wide receiver. Mari Cooper rounds out my top 10. Now, I know what you're going to say. Well, was the injury, does that bother you? No, not really. 
They've been more cautious than anything else. I've been told that if these were regular season games, he would have been out there playing. Plant, it's not it's not full-fledged plantar fasciitis, which is important to note. It's plantar fasciitis irritation. So, yes, that could mean that he could get plantar fasciitis full-blown if it were to be aggravated in some sort of way. Yes, that's true. It also means that he's been resting while it hasn't while it's been just an irritation while he's been able to he's been able to prevent some damage they're going to, they're just getting him ready for week 1 and from the reports i've been able to gather we still have to see but it's been 90% in favor that Amari Cooper will be out there week 1 so that that just that's just to address the beginning season stages of the worries of Amari Cooper outside of that Look, we know what Dak Prescott can do if he has a number one wide receiver to go to. I mean, Des Bryant was very good for for years. I mean, with Tony Romo, but he was very good that first year with Dak Prescott as well before he got hurt. So with Amari Cooper, we saw what he was able to do last year, and that was being traded to the team midway through the season without being able to get immersed into the playbook, without being there for a full off season. And this should be a more creative open offense with Kellen Moore calling the plays, not Jason Garrett or Scott Linehan or whatever scrub off the street they want to bring in next. Without without with without any 1990s minded coaches they want to bring in next is what the way I should phrase it. It's going to be Kellen Moore. There's going to be motion. There's going to be movement. There's going to be RPOs. There's going it's going to be a 21st century offense. So I can't wait to see what happens and I love Amari Cooper as a result. He's going to get a lot of targets. He's going to be that number one and he has a chance to be utilized the way Oakland never utilized him properly, which is just to be the featured guy and not be the featured guy in the sense that he only gets targeted every other game. So that's why Amari Cooper brings out my top 10. Now, for other wide receivers that I felt like we should talk about, uh, some popular ones, I've always been asked a lot of questions about the Rams wide receivers. So just to touch on that, Robert Woods is my number one ranked Rams wide receiver at 13 at the wide receiver position. and then, But I have all three of them in the top 20 because I have Brandon Cooks at number 17 and I have Cooper Cup at number 19. Basically what I'm saying is that if you take a Rams wide receiver, you will be in good position with where they are. I have them all as wide receiver twos, but high-end wide receiver twos, mid-level wide receiver twos. They're all wide receiver twos with upside because any given week they could put up wide receiver one type of weeks because that's the type of offense that it's in. As far as some other guys and some interesting notes, I would have to talk about A.J. Green here. You know, there's a lot of varying opinions on A.J. Green right now obvious for obvious reasons. You know, being out, good chance he misses the first month of the season, always been injury prone. How good can the Cincinnati Bengals offense really be with that offensive line? There's a lot of plenty plenty good reasons to question A.J. Green. I still have him as my wide receiver 20 overall, which means I'm saying to you that if you get him in the sixth round, which is where his ADP has been over the past few weeks, I'm telling you he is a steal for you there. I love A.J. Green there. Look, I haven't wavered on where I was in the summer before he was injured. This is the perfect offense for A.J. Green. This is the perfect offense for that Cincinnati Bengals team in general. They have the personnel. Now, it's not going to look pretty without A.J. Green because he's the one who makes it all go. He's the one who makes all the other pieces fit perfectly. But when he's in there, I don't think we've seen the last of the monster that is A.J. Green. 
Now, how long do we see it? That's a great question. Yes, his injury opens him up to be re-injured, but that's why we're talking about him in the sixth round, not in the third. In the sixth round, there's a good chance he's your wide receiver three. There's nothing but reward in that aspect. Tell me he's going to be your wide receiver three or your flex play if you're in a two-wide receiver league. So what if he gets hurt? That's what you drafted all these other backups for. Is what you're going to draft guys like Calvin Ridley. Is what you're going to draft guys like Will Fuller or Dante Pettis or you name it in the back end of the rounds. There's plenty of guys who have wide receiver two upside, wide receiver three upside. Taking A.J. Green, who when he plays has a good chance to be a wide receiver one out there. Remember, until he got hurt last year, he was a wide receiver one every single week. He was in the top five, and then he got injured. So I don't think we've seen the last of A.J. Green being able to perform as a wide receiver one. It's just a question of how long. So I have him at number 20, and I do think he's a steal for you in the sixth round. Don't hesitate to pull the trigger. Plain and simple. Now there's some other interesting names. Kenny Galladay is my number 15. I have Stephon Diggs ranked ahead of Adam Thielen. I have Stephon Diggs at 12, Adam Thielen at 14. Just some interesting notes there uh, to talk about. Tyler Boyd, I have him at 21. Somebody want to kind of keep in mind. I'm a lot higher on Tyrell Williams than most people are. I have him around the Cortland Sutton, just ahead of Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders range. When you're talking about those wide receivers, I do think he is a big play wide receiver. And he's not a guy who's going to consistently perform on you on a week-to-week basis, but he is a big play guy. He's going to have a role. He's going to have great matchups because everyone's going to be focused on Antonio Brown. I don't think he's just some schlub out there. I think he has a role. And if they're... If they're right, if the Oakland Raiders staff is right on their assumption that they believe Derek Carr is going to look to be more aggressive this season and go down the field more, that's not all going to be because of Antonio Brown. That's going to be because he has a trustworthy, big, fast target on the other outside, which would be Tyrell Williams, too. So I do think he's going to be a factor. He is one of my sleeper wide receivers. Now, he wasn't my top five sleeper wide receivers, but he's still one of my sleeper wide receivers who I think is worth looking at, especially if you get into double-digit rounds. I think he's a steal. But you could look at him as early as the ninth round in a PPR format. Standard league, I would probably wait till double-digit rounds. Half-point league, probably would wait till double-digit rounds. But this just gives you a sense of he's still going to be a guy on my radar, no matter the scoring format, if I'm looking for a big play wide receiver that I want to have later on who has a good opportunity in front of him, he would be one of those guys. Josh Gordon, I guess I should talk about him for sure, is my number 32 wide receiver overall. I have him one spot below Dante Pettis, and it's literally by half a point between the two. Uh I am not souring on Dante Pettis the way a lot of people are. I think he's been going through a lot of coach speak. Yeah, he's been having an up and down training camp as per reports, but he's still in no danger of not being the starting wide receiver, of not being the X wide receiver in a Shanahan system. I'm not worried about Dante Pettis at the end of the day. He is still by far the most talented wide receiver on that team and the second best pass catcher behind only George Kittle. It's not really a question. This is just Kyle Shanahan doing what he thinks is motivational from a head coach, which I think he is not one. So I do think Kyle Shanahan is going to be on the hot seat this year, possibly on his way out the door. He's an offensive coordinator. He's not a head coach. He's not his dad. He doesn't have the mindset for it. He doesn't know what talent is. He doesn't know what true talent is. But this is a fantasy show, and that's more of an NFL news thing. But I just kind of want to put that out there because I did have a correct 
prediction that Steve Sarkeesian would be fired by the end of the year. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan's fired this season, but I do think this season will put him on the hot seat and possibly be fired next season. But I would not be surprised if the organization soured on him enough to maybe show him the door this year. But I would say it's unlikely. I think this year will put him on the hot seat. And part of it has to do with doing stuff like this, riding what is your actual talented players on this team. Dante Pettis will be fine at the end of the day, though, especially when you're drafting him. Don't forget, as your low-end wide receiver three, wide receiver four, he has the upside to be a wide receiver two this year. So let's not forget that you are taking him in a very high-rewarding situation. And the same thing goes for Josh Gordon. Like I said, I only have him one spot below. He's playing with Tom Brady. There's no Rob Gunkowski. Josh Gordon was a wide receiver two or better every single game that Rob Gronkowski did not play and Josh Gordon started. Every single one. So there's going to be targets aplenty. I don't care if they're going to be a run first team. They're still going to throw the ball quite a bit with Tom Brady. That's not going to go away. And I, we know what Gordon can be if he's healthy and good to go and on the field and not suspended. We know his capabilities. He showed it even last season. He can still stretch the field. He is still a big, physical, fast wide receiver who can dominate games, who can beat you deep, who can add another element to this offense, especially now that it looks like rookie wide receiver Nikhil Harry may not be ready to go week one. So it's going to be Josh Corn, It's going to be Julian Edelman. And then it's going to be a little Philip Dorsett, probably mostly just James White. So there is a vacated area there. I love Josh Gordon as a high-end wide receiver three. I have him 32 overall, which puts him more in wide receiver four territory, but I think his potential is a high-end wide receiver three, wide receiver two type of guy. I do think that is his ceiling this season. That's going to wrap it up for the guys that I really wanted to get to for the wide receiver position that I hadn't talked about. Remember, go to the website, www.mdffshow.com to see all of my projections and rankings and tier rankings to be able to use for your drafts this season. We're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to come back on the other side with the live PPR mock draft so you guys can get a taste for it right here, right now. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. So one more time here, let's go over what we're doing here with the live mock draft. We are using the MD's Fantasy Football Show rankings to show you a taste of the type of team that you can get. And we're picking from an awkward position. It's a 12-team PPR league. Uh, We're picking from the ninth spot here. So we're going to pick from a more difficult situation to really be able to put it to the test and see what we come out with. Of course, at the end, I'll give the draft grade. The last two grades have actually been good on air, even though I've said before I don't normally get great draft great draft grades based on the algorithm that the mocks have that we're using today. But we had the last two times, so maybe my, my listeners are the good luck charm. They're the ones that get me the better grades. You make me better as much as I try to help you guys be better as well. See how that works? So that's what we're going to be doing for the live mock draft. Let's go ahead and get that started right now. So start it up, got it going. Now we come up 
Of course, all the top guys that you would expect have been taken off the board in this situation. So we're coming up to pick ninth, and we have 12 team leagues. So we have an early second round pick, something to always keep in mind. And we're looking at right now David Johnson, Travis Kelsey, who's ranked a little too high to this. Travis Kelsey's not who I have here, but I'm reading you the top names that they have on the board through the mock draft app right now. Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, so Le'Veon Bell. We look at my rankings, the MD's Fantasy Football Show rankings, and we see that Todd Gurley's still on the board. Guess who I have ranked the top for PPR leagues at this spot in nine? Yes, it is Todd Gurley. I have told you guys time and time again, I am not worried about the knee arthritis. I have him projected for playing 14 games, so I still have projected for missing two games, and yet being one of the top six scorers in PPR formats in almost any format, and also having the highest points per game basis for running backs, too. So our pick right here is actually going to be Todd Gurley. Not going to shy away from this. Now, the only argument you can make to me right here is that Todd Gurley is ranked so low in this mock draft, and that's something to keep in mind. Where are players ranked? What are the lists that people at your drafts are going to be using? Because in this situation, Todd Gurley is number 21. So in theory, we could try to get greedy here, see what happens, and maybe Todd Gurley falls to us in in the second round so we could take two players in our top 10 in this situation. So why don't we just have a little fun and go for that? So we're going to try to see if we can get Todd Gurley in the second round. Outside of Todd Gurley would be Tyreek Hill. We have Tyreek Hill ranked ahead of David Johnson, ahead of Le'Veon Bell, ahead of James Conner, ahead of all these guys. He's my number three receiver overall. And he's there. So let's go ahead. We're going to take Tyreek Hill right here, actually. Wait and see, does Todd Gurley fall back to us? Does our strategy of getting greedy work? The answer is yes. So just like that, you have two players ranked in the top 10 for MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now, like I said, I know there's some people out there who are just not going to be Todd Gurley fans. I'm well aware of that. I am telling you, you are way too afraid. I am telling you that Todd Gurley, when he gets out on the field and looks explosive as he ever has, just like he's been reported in training camp, in practice, as a little bit lighter, has looked just like old Todd Gurley of old, hasn't had one flare-up throughout practice, has been practicing every day as a result, and hasn't had one flare-up this entire month. And when he's out there and suddenly, hmm, Todd Gurley's catching the ball, he's running the ball, he's breaking big ones, he's getting work in the red zone. Oh, Daryl Henderson's just there to spell him? Malcolm Brown's just there to play a couple plays here and there. Everyone's going to be like, oh, maybe this wasn't as big a deal as we thought. Maybe players have played with knee arthritis in the past and have done well, and it didn't cripple them. Look, after this season, we'll revisit the issue because this is something that's not going to go away. This is something that will probably just get worse with time. But for this season, I feel very confident about Todd Gurley. And just a quick note before we take him and move on. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of talk from different experts, mainstream fantasy football medias, talking about how they think Malcolm Brown is the actual backup, not Daryl Henderson. Don't listen to them. I don't know 
where they're suddenly coming from on this. They seem to be trying to take their cues from preseason, and uh, I think we all saw what we needed to see in the third preseason game with the Rams when Darrell Henderson was a starter. Darrell Henderson was clearly the number two, and Darrell Henderson is a much more talented running back than Malcolm Brown in every facet of the game, and he's a much better pass catcher. And that's going to be the biggest key because this offense, as it showed you towards the end of last season, needs that pass-catching running back in order to make the entire offense flow the way that it's supposed to. That will be Daryl Henderson. That will not be Malcolm Brown. So when they're trying to change their tune and suddenly tell you that Malcolm Brown's the handcuff, not Daryl Henderson, don't listen to him. They're wrong. That doesn't mean you draft Daryl Henderson in the top 10 rounds because you don't, even if you are a Todd Gurley owner. We're going to be top early owners here in a second. I'm not going to be drafting Daryl Henderson for us in the top 10 rounds. I can tell you that, which means we probably won't get him, but I'm okay with that. So let's go ahead and take Todd early, and then we can move on to the third round here. Waiting to see what comes off the board. So now keep in mind, we have Tyreek Hill, we have Todd Gurley, we have a wide receiver one, we have a running back one. All great things, great, off to a great start. We can go anywhere we want here. Looking at the board, we come back around. Some of the top guys, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, Zach Ertz is still on the board, Leonard Fournette. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. So in this situation, if we're looking at the MD's Fantasy Football Show rankings, Amari Cooper would be the number one ranked player here. I am reading that correctly, right? Yes. Yes, I'm trying to look at my screen at the same time, and it was not coming up there for a second. I wanted to make sure I was reading that right. Yes. Amari Cooper would be the top-ranked player in this situation. Very close to Zach Ertz, especially in a league that does need tight ends. But I do believe that we can get a sleeper tight end that will fit us very well and we'll have a very good season. Zach Ertz, while he will be definitely a top three tight end, he will be a very good play to have. He's not going to have the ridiculous season that he had last year. There will be some regression that comes with that. It's why I have him number three. It's why I have George Kittle ahead of him uh, as far as my rankings go. But in this situation, I think we would lean and take Amari Cooper. So now we're looking pretty. We've got two wide receiver ones. We've got a running back one. It's a good, strong first three rounds in a PPR league, no less. And with Amari Cooper, he really helps with that because I expect him to be the dominant number one wide receiver for that team. Michael Gallup will get mixed in, but as long as Amari Cooper is on the field and healthy, Michael Gallup will be an afterthought in that offense. Amari Cooper will be featured, will get peppered with targets, which is great for PPR leagues, especially when it comes to volume. So now we come back, we're in the fourth round. Again, we're still in a situation here where we can pretty much go in any direction we so choose. It's very, very interesting. So generally speaking, my advice to you guys is to wait on quarterback because you can load up 
loading up at the running back and wide receiver position is the most important thing that you can do at your drafts. Yes, getting that top-end tight end is nice. Yes, getting that top-end quarterback is nice. But you really win if you have studs at the running backs and wide receiver position and depth to go with your studs to back yourself up to make sure that if you suffer an injury or an unforeseen suspension, as we saw last year with Kareem Hunt, you will still be able to hold your dominance at those positions because those are the positions that will win your championships. You can find quarterback value. You can find tight end value. It's very, very hard to find running back and wide receiver value. However, in case you didn't realize that however was coming, in this situation, it's not something I see very often, but we're in the fourth round here and Patrick Mahomes is on the board. And it just so happens that Patrick Mahomes is the top-ranked player on the MD's Fantasy Football Show in this situation. Now, normally he's not here. So normally we would be going Mark Ingram in this instance. But because Patrick Mahomes is still there and he's a top-ranked guy, we're going to go ahead and do it. We're going to mix it up today. We're going to go in different directions. We're going to see how, if you took a different approach, how that could work out for you. And so far, I think it's working out pretty well. A Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill combo. Gotta love that, first and foremost. Amari Cooper, Todd Gurley. It sounds like you're on your way to a very high-powered scoring potential team. A championship caliber team in just the first four rounds. The fundamental core of this team is ready to roll. So we come back in the fifth round. I was kind of hoping Mark Ingram would fall, but he didn't. But that's okay. So we're coming back in the fifth round. And some of the top guys on the board for the mock draft app are telling you it would be Derrick Henry or Tyler Boyd or Calvin Ridley or Duke Johnson or DJ Moore. And two of those guys, if you've been listening to the show, you already know are busts. Derrick Henry, DJ Moore. You already know that they are big time busts of mine and we're not paying them any attention whatsoever in this scenario. Now remember, we can go any position here. We still need a second RB2, so it would be preferable to go that direction, but we don't have to. We could go with a third wide receiver, because remember, we saw the flex play. But I think in this scenario, because you're looking at guys like Tyler Boyle, like Calvin Ridley in this situation, you're looking at Jarvis Landry, you're looking at Mike Williams, these are all guys in the same roundabout tier. And they're spread out over the next couple of rounds. So there's a good chance we could take a different player here and wind up still with one of those wide receivers. So the top guy actually in this instance would be Kenyon Drake. I haven't moved the needle on him too much. I knew he was going to be ready to go week one, and that has been the sentiment so far. That is the expectation as of now. Now, the trade possibilities involving him and Jadavion Clowney are things I didn't account for and really will not move my stance on him until it's actually done. I still think Kenyon Drake's the best running back on Miami. And I still think he's in a situation to be, especially in PPR leagues, a very valuable asset because he's an explosive playmaker who's the far above head and shoulders best pass catcher on that team. A team that's going to be trailing probably a lot. So there's going to be a lot of volume to go with it. We're going to go Kenyon Drake here. It's not going to be a popular pick. A lot of people are going to tell you to go Duke Johnson. I have Duke Johnson, let's see here, about... mm, Three spots down. I have him about three spots lower than Kenyon Drake. So I have him pretty close. 
And you could look at it and say, hey, you know what? Duke Johnson doesn't have a Kalen Balazs type of player right now to looking over his shoulder. I would say at this second, it is true. I'm still of the belief that the Houston Texans are going to add somebody at the position. Even if it doesn't come in the form of a trade of a Javion Clowney, it very well could be they sign somebody based off of cuts who could be like a Carlos Hyde type who very well could have a role. So his circumstances, I believe, are teetering on changing at any given moment to have a quote-unquote Caitlin Blodge type breathing down his neck as well over the next few days. Remains to be seen, but I think it's a strong possibility. So that's why we're going to take Kenny and Drake here. So now we're waiting to see who guys come off the board. And you know what? So we have the high pick in the sixth round. We could still go any direction here. We have two running backs. We have two wide receivers. We have our quarterback. We're a pretty well-balanced team right now. So being that we can go in any direction, come back, let's go with the guy that we were contemplating between Duke Johnson and Kenny and Drake. Duke Johnson here, still on the board early on in the sixth round. We can pull that trigger, especially in a PPR league. Now look, I do want to preference this by saying that if you're in a standard league or even a half-point PPR league to some degree, I'm probably not going to take Duke Johnson in the sixth round because of everything I laid out about very well his circumstances changing over the next few days. However, no matter who they bring in, I fully expect Duke Johnson to be very heavily involved in the passing game, whether it be the primary pass-catching running back or whether it be him lining up in the slot quite a bit, replacing Kiki Kute, who's already banged up, and playing in that position. I could see that just as well. So I do like Duke Johnson's value in PPR leagues quite a bit. And we take him in the sixth round. And now all of a sudden, hey, you're looking pretty good. Todd Gurley, Kenyon Drake, Duke Johnson. You can rotate them. Great PPR running backs to go with your great wide receivers and Tyree Kill, Amari Cooper, and your great quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. You're off to a fantastic start going into the seventh round. In the seventh round, we have a lot of options here. We could go Jarvis Landry or Josh Gordon or Sammy Watkins or Will Fuller. And before you say anything about me saying Sammy Watkins... If you're going to ask me, Dan, if you have Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes, would you really take Sammy Watkins too? Yeah. In the in the first of all, in the right spot, in the right value, in the right round, I will take anybody if they're worth the price. But because I have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, I'm not going to shy away from Sammy Watkins. You know how many games the Chiefs are going to put up a ton of points on people? And you know when those matchups are going to surface themselves you know when they play the Raiders that's a great opportunity twice a year right there where anybody on the Chiefs can go off or everybody they're going to be in plenty of matchups we're going to be going against other high-powered offenses they're going to be in shootouts with kind of like they did with the Rams last year where everybody was fantasy relevant in that game on both sides of the ball yeah I'm not going to shy away from that there's going to be games where I'm going to want to play all three of them and capitalize on it Good offenses give good fantasy opportunities. It doesn't matter how many of them on the same team that you have. As long as the value is right in your draft, do not be afraid to pull the trigger. I don't care if you have Odell Beckham and Nick Chubb. I don't care if you have Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. I don't care any of those combinations. If it's the right round, the right value, you pull the trigger. That's a good lesson, I think, for people to take into consideration. Now, we're not going to take Sammy Watkins here, but that was something that I think it was a good opportunity to be able to take and say, hey, this is a good lesson for you guys to be able to keep in mind heading into your drafts. Don't get in your head about guys being on the same team and therefore somehow capping your ceiling. Is Marlon Mack a high-end RB2 on his own? Yeah. 
Is T.Y. Hilton a high-end wide receiver two on his own? Maybe pre-luck? Yeah. So why stress about having both? It's just it's just an example to show you. It doesn't matter. If they're good players, good fantasy players, you take them in the right rounds. Now, what are we looking at here? Who do we have highest? Well, we have Jarvis Landry the highest here. We do. At a PPR league, and I think he's a fantastic high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, PPR type of wide receiver. Odell Beckham's been getting so much love here. This is going to be a pass-first offense. There's going to be plenty of targets to go around to everybody. And Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry are the perfect complements to each other. They can they can interlock, they can interchange. Odell Beckham stretches out the field and dominates in the intermediate deep part. Jarvis Landry's going to have the short to intermediate range of the field all day long every day. They complement each other great. These were teammates in LSU. I think Jarvis Landry is a hell of a pick. He's a guy who really hasn't been talked about a whole hell of a lot. And I think he's a great value pick here as a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two in this position, especially when you're talking about PPR leagues. And in this case, would be somebody that we could rotate at the flex with either a Duke Johnson or a Kenyon Drake. So we're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to finish out the drafts with rounds 8 through 16. Tired of spending hours upon hours on research for your drafts, but still want the excitement of having something on the line while watching the game? Well, join the Thrive Fantasy app where they have streamlined the process for you to make it easy and fun to play along. Use promo code MDFF when you sign up with a $10 deposit and receive an additional $10 for free. Again, that's promo code MDFF. So we're back here. We're in the eighth round. We have three running backs. We have three receivers. We have a quarterback. The one nice thing about having a balanced team like this heading into the seventh round is that you're once again in a situation that you can go in any direction, meaning you can play to the board. You could take the best available. And that is the best feeling that you could possibly have whenever doing one of these drafts. Now, who should be on the board? Ooh, Josh Gordon. We just talked about how he has, we all know he has the wide receiver two upside. We all know that he should be nothing less than a wide receiver three now that there's no Rob Gronkowski, and that it's just really him and Julian Edelman as the main pass catchers. The other wide receivers that they grouped in, brought in, have not been able to put themselves in position, especially at least early on in the season, to be of a factor. Nikhil Harry's banged up. We don't even know if he's going to play week one. Philip Dorsett, we know what Philip Dorsett is. Nothing special. We don't even know if Demarius Thomas is going to be ready to get on the field yet. So there's nothing else to worry about as far as that goes. And if you're going to put Josh Gordon in a situation where he very likely could get six targets or more a game, I like his capabilities with his numbers he's going to put up. So we're going to take Josh Gordon here. Now we're sitting pretty at wide receiver. I mean, remember, we got Tyree Kill. We got Amari Cooper. Now we have Josh Gordon. We have Jarvis Landry. It's a lot of good options. It's a lot of good options. A lot of well-balanced options you can use in different territories. So we come back in the ninth round. And, of course, you know, on the app, let's point it out, they want you to take Daryl Henderson here. This is where a lot of people have him going. We're not going to take Daryl Henderson here. Why? It's a single-digit round. Take him double digits. Unless Todd Gurley gets hurt, he's not going to have a big enough role to justify taking him this high. He's not. 
Even if Todd Gurley gets dropped down to 65% of the work share after being 75% or more most of the season last year when he started, it still does not put Daryl Henderson in a position that he will be an Austin Eckler type where he might have flex appeal even if he is the second running back on that given Sunday. It's not He's not in that situation. Doesn't work that way with them. Not with the Rams. So don't take Daryl Henderson here, even if you have Todd Gurley, which we do in this instance. So this is a great learning opportunity. Now, really, we could still go in any direction here. We do still need a starting tight end at some point. We don't need to take one yet. I do like Vance McDonald. He's one of the top ones on the mock draft. He is probably one of my top ones uh, as I look through here. Yes, he is one of my top ones that are still available here on my draft board as well. But I have him more in the 10th round. And if you've listened to the other two podcasts, you know that's been true for all of those as well. We wound up with Vance McDonald in the last one in the 10th round. So we're not going to go with him there. I like Rashad Penny a lot in PPR leagues. I know there's been a lot of talk as of late that Chris Carson's been pulling ahead. And I've always thought Chris Carson is a superior back, especially as a runner. But Rashad Penny is probably a better pass catcher. Or at the very least, a better route runner. Chris Carson will be fine in screens. He'll be fine in flares. He's not going to be... He doesn't have brick hands. He's a competent pass catcher. Rashad Penny's a little bit better. A little bit better out in open space like that. A little bit better running routes. Motioning him out to the outside. He could fill that role a little bit better. And remember, this is still going to be a team that two running backs are going to be serviceable because of how much they're going to give the running backs the ball. So we're going to take Rashad Penny here. I like the pick. I am not souring souring on him as much as everybody else is. At this point in the season, as of late, yeah, Chris Carson's going to look impressive. He's finally practicing fully healthy. He hadn't been doing that yet. So yeah, he's going to get a lot more reps. He's still playing catch-up with everybody else. Rashad Penny was getting all those reps early on in the season. So I don't think this means Rashad Penny suddenly lost his role. Come back in the 10th round, lo and behold, Vance is down on the board. Let's go. Now, I want to, I want to point out my plan in this draft was actually I was going to try to take Mark Andrews late. But Vance McDonald is a very good value here in the 10th round. On that high-end Steelers offense, you know he's going to be a red zone threat in any given week. You know as long as he's on the field, he's going to make plays. Ben Roethlisberger is going to get in the ball. Yes, he's injury-prone, carries his tight end. You ride him out until you have to go a different direction. And maybe you don't. Maybe he'll stay healthy. Who knows? Well, let's take Vance McDonald here. I like the value. Top guy on the board in this instance. All good things all around. Come back in 11th round, we can go any direction. We can go any direction. This is probably one of the most balanced teams I think I've ever drafted. Already have my quarterback and starting tight end in the first 10 rounds. Have, what, four running backs and four four receivers at this point? doesn't get any more balanced than that. Not necessarily what I was setting out to do, but it's the way the draft board fell along with the MD's Face Football Show rankings. And I'm loving it right now because it is putting us in a situation in these later rounds to keep going wherever it is that we want to go. Now, one of the guys up here that I kind of want to talk about a little bit is Naeem Hines. The Colts aren't going to throw the ball as much. This is true. But I don't think Naeem Hines is going to be giving up his role as a pass catching down back. And there's still going to be plenty of times that the Colts are going to have to score points. I still think that defense overachieved a season ago. I do think they're going to be a little bit more susceptible this year. I think I do think Jacoby Brissett is better than what he was when he had to play for the entire season the first time around that Andrew Luck was gone. So I do think all of those things add up to 
Naeem Hines and Marlon Mack being safe. The running backs, I believe, are safe in this offense as far as what you want to expect them to do. It's the wide receivers that I don't have nearly as much faith in. But Naeem Hines, it's still Frank Reich. He's still going to have his pass-catching down work. Yeah, they've toyed with the notion that he's that Marlon Mack's going to be a three-down featured guy, but he's a guy who has injury history, and you have a head coach who just has a history of not sticking with one guy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. He likes to pigeonhole. He likes specialists. He does. We're going to take Naeem Hines here, especially in a PPR league. At the end of the day, he's going to be a guy who's going to have a high floor flex play for you week in and week out just because of his role. So he offers you kind of a safety blanket where you can come back in the 12th round, and this is where you can start taking chances and getting interesting. And if you've been listening to the show, you should know where we're going here in the 12th round by now. It's Devontae Parker. I'm not going to keep beating the dead horse. I've talked about Devontae Parker at nauseum at this point. If you're new to the show, to summarize in short, I love Devontae Parker's talent. I always have. I think whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen, he's the guy that they're going to be locking in on and keying on, peppering with targets. Kenny Stills is probably going to be cut or traded by the time week one rolls around. Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant are just big play guys. They are not guys you can just go to on a consistent basis to lean on to get to move the chains. And they're also not guys they can go to in the red zone. Devontae Parker, head and shoulders, will be the number one red zone target on this team. Yes, it's an offense that might not be in the red zone all that much, but I believe the offense is going to run through Parker and eventually and will actually run through Kenyon Drake as well. While I know the Miami Dolphins are a popular team that a lot of people want to quote-unquote avoid when it comes to fantasy football, I think they're dead wrong when it comes to two players and two players only, Kenyon Drake and Devontae Parker. And we're about to have both of them on our team right here. So we take Parker here. And then we'll be set up in the 13th round. And this is where, you know, we start we start taking our flyers. We start taking our chances. We start valuing out the board. Who do we think has, you know, league potential winning upside? And if they don't, who cares? You're gonna want these are the guys you're gonna wind up dropping for your very valuable waiver wire pickups throughout the season anyway. And if you've been listening to the show, maybe you implemented my strategy by now. Where we're gonna take one of our flyers here, but then the 14th, 15th round, we're gonna take our defense and our kicker there. Because it puts us in a situation, especially if you're in a good, more competent expert type league or experience type league, defense and kickers should be the last players taken off. They should be going more in the 15th, 16th round. I like to switch it up. I like to go in the 14th, 15th, so that puts me in a situation where I should get one of the top three defenses and one of the top three kickers. Because at the end of the day, I'm all about getting top five at their position players as many of those as I possibly can throughout the draft. Which I know seems like common sense, but... When you really lay out the advice that you're given and, and the rankings and the strategies that you're told, at the end of the day, those, a lot of them don't put you in the position to get as many of the top five guys at their position as you possibly can. They really don't, if you actually think about it at the end of the day. 
we do here. Now, we're not quite at that point. We're at the 13th round. So we're looking around. What do we have? Adrian Peterson. I do like his ability here. I do think he's going to be the starter earlier on the season. I don't think it's somebody who you can take and hope that you get a year out of him like last year where he's an RB2 from start to finish unless Darius Geis was to get hurt again, and I don't think that's something that's out of the question by any stretch of the means, but it's not something I would be counting on. I'm not looking at Adrian Peterson as somebody who I can go ahead and think that I can have all year long. So what all the options do we have? We're in a situation, like I said, we want to take guys who might be league winners or put our teams over the top. I like Chris Thompson a lot, looking at the same team. I like him for a pass catching down quite a bit, but we already have that now in Naeem Hines. So I don't think there's any reason to duplicate that, at least not at this moment. But maybe we will because everything else on the board is total crap. <laughs> and that'll happen too. And that's what the rankings are for. That's what the tier rankings are for. You find yourselves in a position, you're like, you know what? I would rather have gone a... I would rather have gone with a wide receiver with a ton of upside in this situation, but there are none. There are none that I like here in the 13th round. Where I'm like, yeah, you have a great shot of doing X for me and playing a few games. None of these guys have that. The only person who does is Chris Thompson, so we're going to take him too. And you can look at that if you're not a Naeem Hines fan because you're not a Colts fantasy football player fan because Andrew Luck retired. Chris Thompson's an insurance policy. He's going to be the same type of guy, same type of role. Same type of offense in the sense of this is a team that should be trailing a lot. It's going to have to throw the ball and utilize him. And he's definitely has a very specific role laid out for him. So regardless of what Ari June Peterson and Darius guys are doing, regardless of what they're doing, he will be there on third downs. So you might not know what the guys and Peterson split's going to be, but you know Chris Thompson's going to get the pass catching down work, which in the PPR format in the 13th round makes him valuable. It does. So we're in the 14th and the 15th round. Generally speaking, what I like to do, I like to take the defense first, and then I like to come back and take the kicker in the following round. So we go to the defense. Everybody's on the board. No one's going defense yet. We're going to be the first ones. Number one ranked defense for the MD's Fantasy Football Show is the Los Angeles Rams. I love Wade Phillips. I love the pieces that they've added with Eric Weddle. I think they're a defense that's going to have a lot of pass rushing ability this season by adding Clay Matthews, and of course they have Aaron Donald. And then I think they're also in a situation where they're going to get more turnovers. Peters is healthy. Tlaib is healthy. Eric Weddle is a great, great center fielder, especially in a Wade Phillips type of a defense. This is a defense that's going to put up a lot of fantasy points. They still might give up some points because it's going to be a high-scoring offense. They're going to be in situations where they're going to play prevent defense. But this is going to be a defense set up to get sacks and turnovers, which is what you want for fantasy purposes. Come back. So now we're in the 15th round. We're going to go ahead and we're going to take a kicker here. And look, Greg Zerlin's on the board. And this will be the third mock draft where we have taken the Rams defense and Greg Zerlin as the kicker. No one cares. It's a defense and a kicker. Probably the two most replaceable positions anywhere on fantasy football. I don't care if they're going to have the same bye week. I want the number one guys at their position until I have to make a move. And who knows, by then, I might even be able to afford to pick up another kicker because my starters are so good or I have some guys on the bench that I can go ahead and drop. I don't need to pick up somebody at the running back or wide receiver position right away. Don't be afraid to do it. when they're, it's Same concept applies. Whether it's a running back and a wide receiver on the same team, same concept applies with a defense and a kicker. If they're expected to be, in, in our case, both number ones at their position, but in the top three of their position, don't shy away from taking them. So we're in the 16th round, and now it, you just take the biggest flyer. 
You take the guy who you think could have the most value. You can go with a guy who you think will actually have legitimate value for you or a guy who you think will, you know what, pie in the sky, this guy could has a pathway that I could see with his skill set to just explode. And you go either way. What we're going to do in this situation, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but he is the highest ranked player on our board at this moment, the 16th round. And being that it is the 16th round, he's a decent value here. It would be Adam Humphreys. I'm not an Adam Humphreys fan. It's kind of paining me to even take this pick because, ugh, ugh. But while he's not somebody who's going to have that top-end potential that you could try to take in the 16th round, he is somebody who in a PPR league should have some good value. Whether it's Mariota or Tannehill, it doesn't matter. Adam Humphreys is going to be the guy coming from the slot. He's going to be a team that I think is going to be trailing quite a bit this season. He's going to get peppered. He was getting peppered in the preseason. We kind of already saw it to some degree. Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota, neither one of them have big arms. They're not going to be going down the field all that consistently. So while it's a run-first team, I don't necessarily love anybody on Tennessee in a PPR format. Adam Humphrey's 16th pick, yeah, he has some value there, especially with the way the board fell. So let's take a gander at our draft grade. It's a B. It's the lowest one of our other drafts, but it's a B. We had an A, a B plus, and a B, which is still a better draft grade than I normally get when I'm on my own. So again, listeners, MD Nation community, you make me better like I try to make you guys better. It's a give and take here. And speaking of give and take, let's take a quick break. Come back on the other side. We got a mailbag segment for you. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. All right, we just have three different questions picked out for you guys today as we once again go over our time a little bit. So we want to try to keep this as quick as possible. So starting off, we got Randy B. Dirk. He asked me this question through the email, which you can go to the website to get to, www.mdffshow.com, and click on the Contact Us. You can send me a direct email with any of your fantasy football questions. He asked, where should... Duke Johnson be drafted at in a twelve in a PPR twelve team league. I have picked ten. Should I go receiver heavy and plan to take Duke Johnson later on? Well, first of all, Randy, I hope you're listening to this show because we just did a mock draft at pick nine and we did wind up taking Duke Johnson. And you saw what the format was that we wound up following. I hope you listen because I think our mock draft might have just answered quite a bit of your questions there right off the bat or uh, concerns and ideas, but. So in, in a vacuum, what he's asking here is, you know, should I go receiver heavy and just target Duke Johnson? Basically, I think what he's saying is, should I go zero running back and then take Duke Johnson, I guess, in the sixth roundabout or maybe the fifth or the sixth roundabout or so. Now, my retort to this is that I'm not going in with that strategy. I'm not going in with any strategy into a draft because you have to be able to adapt and flow with your draft. Know when to zig with it and know when to zag out of it. And that's what the MD's Fantasy Football Show rankings are all about. That's why we're doing these live mock drafts to give you examples here in this scenario. 
take the best value. We wound up with a very, very balanced team. We wound up taking a quarterback earlier than we ever normally do. We wound up being having almost the same number of wide receivers and running backs and rotating when we were taking these guys. We wound up with a tight end higher than we normally go. It's it's always dependent upon the draft and how it's going. Do not go in with a strategy of I'm going to go wide receiver heavy or I'm going to go running back heavy and then I'm going to do this, this, and this later on to make up for the other positions. Because what happens when those guys that you're counting on to be there later aren't there anymore? Then you're stuck out in no man's land and all of a sudden you wind up leaving your draft feeling like you failed or feeling like it, your team didn't wind up being as good as it could have been because you weren't able to execute those key players that you needed to feel like you would have a still well-rounded enough team even though you went one position heavier or the other don't worry about it if the value if the rankings take you in a situation where you wind up going wide receiver heavy because that's what's valued on the board or running back heavy because what winds up being the best value then that's one thing that's fine that's acceptable but don't go into the draft thinking, I'm going to go wide receiver heavy come hell or high water because what if some of the top wide receivers that you like the most are taking off the board and now you feel compelled to go wide receiver because that was the strategy that you wanted to implement in the situation. So just don't pigeonhole yourself at the end of the day is basically my advice to you. Now, as far as Duke Johnson and a 12-team PPR, I think we kind of answered that going through this episode, which is I have him about the fifth, sixth round. He's right there. Things might change over the next few days, but I have him about the fifth, sixth round. Our next question comes from Bobby on Facebook, which you can always get at me at on the Facebook page at MDFF Show and follow along to the show. I always post what the newest episodes are on there. And of course, if you want to chat with me, I'm always available to do so. And Bobby asks, do you think David Johnson will have a comeback season? I had the seventh pick in a 12-team PPR league. I was thinking about him or Le'Veon Bell there. Well, Bobby... I do like David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. I do think they are back-end first-rounders. However, as we went through this mock draft, and you saw for yourself if you're listening to this show, you saw that I have wide receivers ranked in that territory over a David Johnson, over a Le'Veon Bell. I have Adams and Hopkins and Hill and Julio all in front of David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. So I would actually be looking to go at wide receiver here in the seventh pick, you know, given that one of the top five running backs didn't fall, because you are in a position where you should be able to lock in a top three wide receiver at worst at that seventh pick. That's where the value is to me in a 12 team, especially PPR league. The value to me there would be one of those top end wide receivers, given nobody unforeseen falls. And I think there is a situation where an Ezekiel Elliott may fall to you at seven. If he does, then then I pull the trigger on Ezekiel Elliott. And I think that's probably the direction you would go to. Uh, but assuming that he goes in the top four, I would probably go with whatever top receivers left on the board there at the seventh pick because that's the value. Because look, you're in a situation at this point where if you take a if you take a David Johnson, if you take a Le'Veon Bell, you're essentially chasing the competition because the competition's in the top four. Those top four running backs are the are are the head honchos or the tier one. They're the fire starters when it comes to the running back position. If you come back and try to take David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell, while yes, you can stay competitive with those guys, yes, they're very good players, good fantasy players to have, you are not going to have guys that are going to be expected to be in that top four, that top three at that position. You're going to be chasing the competition. Where you could be the competition at the seventh pick in a PPR league if you go wide receiver and take a guy who should be one of the top three guys. 
top five guys. So that's kind of the way I would be looking at it there. So I would actually be looking at wide receiver rather than a David Johnson or a Le'Veon Bell in that situation. Our third and final question comes from Too Sweet Wrestling from Twitter, which you can hit me up at, at MDSFFshow. He asks, is Tony Pollard a starter material? And should he pl- should I start him week one if Zeke does not sign? Um, yes and yes. Tony Pollard, well, I don't think Tony Pollard is some future superstar, so don't get me twisted. I do think Alfred Morris would have a role as well if Ezekiel Elliott did not sign. While Tony Pollard, I believe, would be the starter, I do think Alfred Morris would be worked in a little bit too. Having said all that, I've talked time and time again, the, one of the reasons why Ezekiel Elliott, especially before the holdout, had been my number one running back overall, my number one player overall this season, is because of his durability, his consistency, but most importantly, he's going to be the healthiest offensive line that he's had since his rookie season. All of those studs up there are back. Travis Frederick's back, Zach Martin's back, Tyrone Smith is back. So you're going to have probably what's been the best offensive line for Dallas in the past couple of seasons because it's finally healthy. And because of that, yeah, Tony Pollard, look, it's still going to be a team that has to run the football in order to make that offense work. That's still what they're built off of at the end of the day. And Tony Pollard is a, is, he's a firecracker. He's a, he's a playmaker. He's not a guy, he's not a Zeke type where I think he's going to just consistently always get you positive yards on every play and run somebody over and get physical. But he is a guy who is quick, has some good moves, has some decent vision. And if he gets a crease, he could be gone in a heartbeat. And behind this offensive line with what they can do, I like him. I think he's a good, good, competent pass catcher as well. So yeah, Tony Pollard is definitely going to be a guy who I will have no issue starting until Ezekiel Elliott came back, assuming Ezekiel Elliott did not come back week one. But I still think Zeke's going to wind up coming back week one at the end of the day. That's going to close down the episode for today. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun recording it. Remember to hit me up on Twitter at MDSFFshow, on Facebook at MDFFshow, and of course on the website MDFFshow.com. Check out one of my networks, OvertimeHeroics.com, BellyUpSports.com, or TheUnwrappedSports.com as well. Remember, you can listen to this podcast on Radio Public, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pretty much any one of your favorite podcast apps. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you. Remember, we're not going to be back again until next Thursday, but we will be having the week one preview episode next Thursday. The next time I get to talk to you guys, I cannot wait and have a lovely day. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show.